G'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of The Experience. By now, I hope you know that it's your boy behind the mic, the captain of the ship, Bradley J. Driver. You can call me Brad. And I'm here today with a local man. We love the gong locals, or at least the gong listeners and viewers do anyways. And I'm sure that all of you, whether you're in Australia, have had some German fans reach out this morning saying they're listening to the podcast, which is great because there's some German dialogue in those messages. Wherever you're from, you're going to love this guy because... Whatever you do in your life and whatever your way of earning a crust is in in Australia, that's what we call making a living, um, you know, you can you can deal with some business knowledge. Some business knowledge will help you in your life no matter what you do or, or where you're from. And this man today, let me tell you, he's not a businessman, he's a business man. <laughs> because he's doing it all. We're talking coaching, we're talking he's taken a family business in Hayworth Guitars, which is known and loved by so many people here in the Illawarra, and he's created an online monster. I believe it was a music industry award where he was one of the top 100 music businesses retailing online in 2020 or 2019, maybe one of those years. Mm -hmm. He's an author of a book called Retail Domination, your seven-step guide to thrive and survive in the world of Amazon, Google, and the online giants, which we're going to talk a whole lot about here today ladies and gentlemen from your home your car or wherever you are give a very warm welcome to the one the only mr glenn hayworth how are you mate whoa dude i'm well thank you so much for that intro it's well deserved it's well deserved and as i said you know we're sitting here today this has been a little while in the making we actually Mm -hmm. funnily enough i've moved into the studio more recently i forgot to mention that to glenn i did put it in the calendar invite but i think there's a miscommunication he was at my house like buzz me in and i'm thinking dude you just walk into the studio what's happening here man i've been roaming the streets of wollongong trying to find this man all morning and i've had i've had people come out from the street and call my name well like literally (laughs) i pulled up to your apartment I'm, I'm like, buzz me in, buzz me in. I'm in the wrong place. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going to, to, the, to the headquarters here, right? So, I'm, so on the way, this young guy, you've got to admire the hustle of, of this guy. I'm walking down the street trying to find this place and I just hear this, Glenn, Glenn Hayworth, Glenn Hayworth. And I'm looking in the buildings, I'm looking all over. I couldn't find this guy. He's chasing me down the street like he's running yeah. up from behind and, and he's really well dressed and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh how you going, mate? And... And he's like, yeah, you probably don't know me. I follow, I follow you on Instagram. Um, I know who you are. I've got this. I'm, I'm a. He's, he's a personal development coach, and he's got a digital currency, like a cryptocurrency, for small to medium business owners, right? And so, cool. he, so he gave me the whole, whole pitch and everything. I was like, man, you're pitching me on the street, like, like Thursday morning. Like, I love this. So we got a selfie, and 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 I heard a bit about his story. Um, but I, I love that kind of kind of hustle, yeah. and we talked about it before we went on air about the balls to just like call someone out in the street, chase them down, and say That's I've real. got something for you, you know. So I, I love that, and um, and I'm really glad that we made this happen because I'm excited to talk to you because I've been looking up, you know, your stuff, finding out more about your story. I think you've got an inspiring story, and I think we need more stuff like this, particularly here in Wollongong and the South Coast, where I'm born and raised, where. There's not a lot of this stuff going on. They're like, I'd love there to be more of this, and I really want to encourage and support what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for the kind words. And you know, as they say, when you come to the experience, you get the experience. And it, like you said, you've had it on the way just to the studio here. And I hope yep. that your time sitting behind the mic is enjoyable as well. And there's so much I want to dive into. So much that I think is going to be really fundamentally important for business owners, maybe um, aspiring entrepreneurs, I should say, and the people who feel like they just lack a little bit of direction. And I guess that's what your book's about as well. But first, I want to dive a little bit into your story. And I know that's something you're big on, Mm -hmm. sharing story. And, you know, it's funny because as I was going back through your Instagram yesterday, I was looking for a good picture to to share just to announce that you're coming in here today. And I seen a picture of you and the, the goat. Gary, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that man is someone that I really enjoy his content. I enjoy yes. watching and listening to his stuff, and yeah. he talks a lot about story. I speak a lot about story. It's something I'm very passionate about, yeah. and I can see that a lot of what you do is about sharing that too. So why don't we kick it off with your foundation in a business and how 
this yeah. is all, I guess, transformed over time. So, okay, so I'll tell you a bit about a bit, bit about where it all started. So, look, business coaching is what I do now, yes, but a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is things that I that I've have drawn from my own journey and my own struggles with, you know, anxiety, uh, imposter syndrome, things like that that I've had to, I guess, like deal with, and also the the lessons that I learned from that and also learning from guys like Gary V, Tony Robbins, Demartini, all those guys over the years because my story started when I was 19 really like like I faced I faced what was really a, a a traumatic experience something happened to a friend of mine who you know at the time I was the only one with him and I was a, you know a young guy and we had to rush into hospital and it was a very it was it really shook me out that whole experience because I thought you know something bad was really going to happen to him I thought you know my friend was going to die in front of me right and it really shook me up that experience led to me going through you know panic attacks after that event for months afterwards and me being in a really dark place mentally right and the only way I could start to deal with that was just talk about it with someone. So I actually booked yeah. in. I was actually at, at university, Wollongong Uni at the time, studying marketing, and I booked <coughs> in to see. I booked in to see a counselor. I talked it out with him, and basically he 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 hit the nail on the head for me. I was terrified to talk about it with someone because I thought this was my own issue and that someone was going to tell me that I was crazy. Right? There was something wrong with me. We need to put you on medication or put you in a mental institution. Mm. Right? There's something wrong with you. Right? So I was terrified to talk about it, but when I finally talked about it with someone, he really normalized it for me. And he, and he said, look, you're experiencing some, you know, maybe some post-traumatic stress from yeah. what's happened. You've experienced a lot of anxiety. And I'm not here to say poor me or anything like that, but this is just relevant to the story of what led me to, to what we're doing now, right? With, the, with Hey With Guitars and with the coaching space, right? So, so going to see him over a period of six to 12 months, help me get through that challenge and and really start to learn more about the way the mind works and the way human behavior works it's p- yeah. like me personally and then it really drove me to learn more about it from other people so i so i started going to tony robbins conferences i followed him i went to san diego i went to his resort in yeah, fiji wow. i went to melbourne i went to i went to all over going to every one of his conferences i joined his leadership team i'm on the crew you know like on the leadership at these events eventually i did the demartini work i went and studied life coaching business coaching hypnotherapy timeline therapy neurolinguistic programming i, I did all that yeah, right wow. so this is back in you know my early to mid 20s and I learned so much about the personal development space and human behavior that there was a common element to it for me and, and it was really about giving your mind something positive to focus on. And so I started learning about setting goals. And so when I, at the time I was, you know, my dad had started this business building guitars in our workshop in Kayama, in his workshop, he set up this workshop in our house in Kayama Downs he was an industrial arts teacher at the time. He was teaching woodwork, metalwork, um, you know, electronics engineering at, at St. Joey's in Albion Park. Yep. And so he set up this this kind of little workshop where he's just it's just a side hustle for him. And he's listening to this guy, Tony Robbins on cassette tape. Like, and I'm like, who is this American Yankee guy he's listening to all the time? But I would work after school and like I was, I was, you know, what, 14, 15 at the time. I'd work after school, repairing guitars, restringing guitars with him in the workshop, cleaning up, that sort of thing, earning a bit of extra pocket money with him. And I was, he was listening to this guy and him listening to, to, to Tony Robbins stuff gave him, he'll tell you, it gave him the drive to go all in in that business in Hayworth Guitars, right? Powerful stuff. Yeah, dude. So... So he risked leaving a secure teaching job with two, two kids at the time to dive all in into the business. So that inspired me a lot to see him do that. But it also, and my mum as well, you know, had to sacrifice as well. And both, it was both of them working in the business in the early days and me. Uh, and we were just, we had this little setup in our, in our garage and in our workshop at home in Kaima Downs. That's, That's what so it was. Good. He left this secure teaching job to just go all in building and repairing guitars. And it's not... Bezos, Amazon, Amazon out of the garage. It kind of was. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah, it kind of was. And it was, and look, there's not a lot of money in building guitars. If anyone's ever tried to build a guitar and sell it, like it's really hard to charge what your time is worth because it takes yeah. a lot of hours to build a guitar from scratch, right? So that led him to to want to you know get a few brands on board and go more into retail um, 
so so bringing it back to I guess to to my journey with it as well is I I came into the business just like I was studying marketing at the time at, at uni we'd opened up a small shop in Kaima Downs at the time and I saw I saw my parents like working their guts out in this business uh, it relied solely wholly and solely on them right they were you know my dad especially everyone wanted to come in and see Phil uh, I would work in it in there on you know Fridays and Saturdays and mm-hmm. and on the weekends and that in the business, and it was always kind of the question, Glenn, are you going to take over the family business? And it terrified me the thought of that because I I I really didn't want to be I guess chained to something my whole life. Like what what am I going to be? Big uh, commitments. Yeah, it was a massive commitment, and it was also like it just scared me the fact that I could just be living this life of just um of just coming to this uh this this shop front every single day for the rest of my life and it just scared me right so i so that's why that's why i went to uni and that's why i studied marketing and i didn't really know what i wanted to do but then i started learning on this personal development journey that i was going on bringing it back to that i started learning about goal setting and i started to learn more about business and it really started to excite me the opportunities that were there in this business to really not just run a business, but to grow a business. Yep. And that really excited me because growth is, is one of my, I think, biggest drivers is just to, just to grow, right? Like grow personally, grow the business, you know, grow in all areas. So it really excited me. So, so I started setting goals. And so we went to launch, um, to, to launch our Albion Park store, right? In 2007, I think it was. Um, and I was like, let me set a goal here. Let's really like do, do something here. This is when I, I was, had finished uni and I was all in, in, in the business at this stage. Let me set a goal here. Let's, let's generate some interest. I got inspired by Richard Branson's stuff, how yeah. he just does big press releases, big kind of events to launch his new part of his business. So I said, I want to set a world record. Let's get the, let's get the media involved. Let's get some free publicity. So I set a goal to restring the most amount of guitars in an hour, right? That I could yeah. possibly do. So I contacted Guinness World Records, <coughs> found, out, found out I had to restring more than 30 guitars in one yeah. hour, which is like one every two minutes, replacing the old strings, putting new strings on, tuning every string. It had to have witnesses there and everything else. So, so long story short, uh, we did the event. We got some, some amazing publicity and I learned the power of setting goals, yep. right? To set a goal and say, here's what I want to achieve in six months, in 12 months time. Here's the actions I want to take to do it. So when it came time for me to take on the business, and by the way, that's a story in itself of how, you know, I, I would go to these different seminars and different workshops and learn, learn all about business. And I came back from one, I was a Tony Robbins business mastery in Melbourne one year, and I knew my dad was ready to, to step back and to ready, ready to you know work his way out of the business i just was terrified in taking it on right because i didn't you know i didn't i didn't want to just do the same thing the rest the whole rest of my life right but when i got excited about learning about business and learning how to grow it that's when i decided okay look i can do this and i come up with a five-year plan presented it to my dad and my mum at the time and i said here's how i can finance you guys out of the business so that you're happy so that i'm committing i'm i'm coming up with a figure that's i'm gonna have to pay it pay you guys to, to buy you out and then I'll be going into the business and and we had to negotiate on that but over uh, you know over a, a short period of time we worked it out and I became the owner of the business and I was still in my 20s at the time right so here I am with this business and and I'm like okay well I don't want to be like the guy that everyone has to see all the time because I'm forever going to be like stuck in that position right i'm not going to have the freedom and be able to grow this business if i have to be the guy that everyone sees right and love my mom and dad but my 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 dad was really like dude glenn you have to be the guy everyone sees it's hayworth guitars you're glenn hayworth everyone's going to want to see you suppliers have to see you customers have to see you you have to be there on the on the shop floor all the time and i was like Dad, I love you, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I, I can't grow the business and work on things like social media, pushing online, building a new website and all yeah. that by doing that. So, so that's where I set up some systems. I put a manager in place of, the, of our current store at the time. We set up a leadership team. We started to build some marketing assets around our social media, started to build our audience on you know, Facebook at the time. This is even before Instagram. Um, building build our website generating traffic to it playing all the marketing games and 
and, and just taking action in that space so I could step step back from the day to day and work on the business rather yeah. than in it. And then I launched a new store, which was Wollongong. Uh, and that's when I decided, okay, let's set another goal here. Let's go for another world record. Let's get the Make-A-Wish Foundation involved. And I decided to try and break the world record for playing ukulele for the longest amount of time, which was 24 hours. I had to beat 24 hours. So I had to assemble a team. I got Make-A-Wish Foundation involved. I got people to sponsor me. We raised $10,000 for Make-A-Wish. We launched the new store. I played ukulele for 25 hours straight all through the night. And we got musicians so to come in and to jam along with it mm. as well. So, um, And then from there, I uh, launched uh, Hayworth Music School which started with just me playing guitar in the afternoons, teaching students. And now we've grown it to, you know, there's like 25 teachers across two locations and about 400 students now in the music school. And then from there, I uh, have launched Resolve Business Coaching, which is basically taking the challenges, the lessons, because boy, we face some challenges too, like that new store in Wollongong that I launched, I completely underestimated the amount of cash that that would take to stock a full store, to fit it out, to staff it and everything else. So I've experienced some major cash flow issues from that and had to learn from that and had to set up, you know, forecasting, budgeting and everything else in place um, without ordering and and moving forward from that. But basically what I've done is now I've started business coaching, which is taking all the, all the lessons that I've learned and packaged it up into a framework, which is now my seven step formula so that any business owner, whether you're starting in business, whether you're already running a business and you're having challenges, or if you're having some wins and you just want to take it to the next level, the seven different areas is my own formula that I, that I use to coach people to that next level. So that's why I wrote the book, Retail Domination. The workbook that I use with my one-on-one clients and with workshops that I run follows the seven-step formula as well. Um, and that's really like my framework behind the business coaching. So, dude, I'm sorry to talk for so long, but no, that's, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. The experience isn't about me. It's about you. It's about the guests that come through the show. And I'm no business expert. You are. So I'd love to hear that. And I'd love to hear the foundation of, I guess, great success and, and what it takes. And, and one of the things I really picked up there is you spoke about the anxiety that you faced yeah. and those panic, panic attacks based off that traumatic experience you had with the post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something really important to touch on because that's something that I can imagine a lot of early stage business owners or even mature business owners are experiencing. But for you to have all these experiences, to move into a family business, to have to, I think even a a massive challenge is to go, like you said, look, mum and dad, I love you. And this is the way that you've run. Yeah. the family business but now that I'm taking the reins this is the way that I'm going to run it yeah for a lot of people that's a hard conversation to have so you've done so much within that first part of your story that has really been the foundation for some real wisdom in these coaching sessions which yeah. is important it's empathy yeah cheers man that was that was hard to do like um my dad and I have never really never really had many arguments growing up it was more like I would, you know, I'd just listen to what he said and I was always, you know, um, taking on his advice. But then it came to a point where I, I wanted to do things a little bit differently. And, mm. and the business would not have got to where it was without him. And his, it, needed, it needed him and his just raw, hard work ethic. And my mom too, like they're incredibly hard workers. Got so much respect for them and the sacrifice they made to start the business. So it wasn't about that. It wasn't about you know, I didn't appreciate what they had done, but it was like to get it, to get, to do it my way and to, I guess, do it in the way that was going to fulfill me and make it sustainable for me. Because that was the thing is I could go in and I could run it like that and I could be the only guy, but dude, I would burn out after like a couple of years. I'd be jaded. I'd be like, I don't want to come in and do this anymore. So what, what I've focused on was setting it up in a way that I could do it sustainably over a long period of time. And now we've been able to grow in a, in a market, by the way, in Australia, m- music stores haven't been doing so well over the last 10 years. I like, can imagine. Like, I don't think there's many retail stores at the moment that are doing that well. Like It's tough, man. It is tough because that transition into online, I guess, I guess it really, you really needed to transition into online. You really have to be on there with social media. Like Instagram for us, it's a major source of traffic and Facebook. Instagram now, we've got 90,000 followers. I've worked super hard to build that up and that's a huge source of traffic to our website. But then our our website has to be, 
you know, ranking in Google, we're running Google ads, where it has to be optimized um, for search <coughs> engine rankings. It also has to be optimized for conversion. Mm. You know, there's a big monster to it, to retail now. It's not just open up a store and customers are gonna come in. It's like, you have to be across, know a little bit about a lot. You have to be across online, the whole world yeah. of online, social media, how the website's converting, how you're getting seen. Uh, are you building community-based events? Are you building an offline community and an online community? Yeah. Are you building a customer database? Are you doing email marketing? How is that set up? You know, like there's so much to it now that I think that it, it just requires a whole a whole new level of skill now. Um, One story that really comes to mind for me is I recently listened to a podcast with, I can't remember the gent's name, one of the founders of Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about their sort of battle with Blockbuster. Yeah. And it kind of, for me, that's, I guess I'm seeing similarities here where you've got a retail business yep. that has done well, mm-hmm. has built foundations, has had foundations to expand yep. beyond one store. And, you know, Blockbuster, we're talking yep. multi, like, stores around the world, like an international business yeah. that we all love entertainment. But yeah. then all of a sudden, mm. the digital world becomes present. Yes. It's easier for people to utilize online services. Yep. And I remember him talking about Netflix going to Blockbuster to hopefully combine and handle the online side of their business. Yes. But they laughed them out of the room. Yeah, they yeah. And you know, we look at it now and I think there's one Blockbuster store left yep. in the world. Yep. And Netflix is the Yeah. I guess it's the staple of a living room yes. around the globe today. Yeah. So I hear that and I go firstly a few questions for you. Mm-hmm. The beginnings of that digital site, how much potential did you see? Yeah. But then also, once you see and realize and understand the potential and the return on investment, yeah. what is then the reason for, say, keeping the foundations on the ground, the retail stores? Yeah, yeah it's a good point. I think, you know, me and my dad still talk about this stuff. Um, he's, he's still really quite current in keeping up with things, and, he, and me and him still talk, and he's, got a, he's, he's a great mentor of mine still, you know? Um, we've been talking about the fact that, yeah, there is obviously the online game is where is where you need to be, but also there is still great benefit in the physical brick and mortar stores. Mm. You know, people, especially for guitars, it's such a people want to try and people want to feel and people want to uh, want security and trust to know they can bring their guitar back somewhere. Yeah. If there's an issue, if they need some some TLC, if they need some servicing and that sort of thing. So. There's still, for us, we've, I feel like we found a pretty good balance. Like most of our business is done probably online now, like the majority, but we still have uh, like our store, our physical stores are still quite busy and we still have like quite a lot of foot traffic coming in. And a lot of that is due to the online marketing that we do, but people still do like to come into stores yeah. and actually bringing it back to the blockbuster, like I miss going into video stores like you do. I it's... miss it, man. I miss going and having a talk to the people there. What's the yeah. latest release? Have you seen this? And the rush of getting your movie back before yeah. you got to pay a late fee. Like even yes. that's exciting. Yes. When your week's been a little bit mundane. It is, man. It is like oh shit. It's like it's ten. Yeah. When the, the movie's finished. It's like ten thirty, <laughs> eleven o'clock at night. And I'm gonna race it back in yeah. before we get late fees. Yeah. So, like I miss that, and I think um I think they'll. I don't know if there'll always be an element of that, but I think at the moment there's still that element. There's still yeah. that element of like people still like the physical presence. And to be honest, we wouldn't be able to keep the brands that we have, Fender, Gibson, Ibanez, Cole Clark, the, the wholesalers that we deal with mm. won't just stock online brands, okay. online businesses. They want to see a presence represented. They want to yeah. have a place that people can bring their guitar back to. So, so for our business model, we, we, we really have to still have physical stores. Um, and so, so I think there's a balance of both there, where both is, is really needed. And not to say that you can't just make one or the other just work too, um, but for us in my industry, it's definitely a balance of both. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you said that you've built, you know, you've built a great online following, like as far as your social media goes. Mm-hmm. I heard you speak about, I think it was in Marjay Sava's podcast, I listened to you guys yeah, have a chat. Yeah. Yes. And you spoke about how, you identified your social media as a niche. Yeah. You decided to specifically promote the guitar side yes. of the business because yep. whilst it's called Hayworth Guitars, you sell numerous musical instruments, yeah. you know, from drums, keyboards, pianos, yep. and so on. But you found that 
that wasn't doing the job for the social growth. Yes. What was was being the go-to guitar page yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, you've got to find your niche, I think, particularly with social media, particularly with Instagram. It's one in the niches. Yeah. So for me, what I definitely learned in the early days was rather than posting all types of musical instruments on Instagram and really speaking to no one, like if you try and, if you try and market to everyone, you end up speaking to no one, right? Yeah. We really weren't speaking to anyone. If you were a guitarist back then, and you landed on our Instagram profile and you saw maybe a few guitars, but then there were some drums, there were some keys, there were some banjos, there was some whatever, all sorts of musical instruments. You wouldn't really feel a strong connection. Mm. But now, but because because I, I, I guess I realized that and I tailored all of our marketing and all of our posts and all of our promotion to just guitars, which is really, it's really our niche, it's really our strength. The business was founded by a luthier, by a guitar maker. Mm-hmm. It's really our strength. We, we know guitars back to front. We know them so well. And so when I tailored all of our marketing and all of our, all of our posts towards just guitar content, when I really understood, which is step one in my framework, by the way, which is understand your target market and come up with a compelling offer, when we really start to understand our target market, that's when we really start to grow our following. Because now you look at our feed and it's nothing but guitars. Yeah, something I've noticed in my in my little bit of research before the show is yeah. it just feels like, and for me personally, I appreciate that as someone who isn't, like I said, I played guitar when I was 11 or 12 and yeah. you know was pretty fucking dang good at smoke on the water. Yes. <laughs> but aside from that, there wasn't much. But as someone who appreciates now in a world that is dominated by social media there is so much content out there i love that i can go to certain people's profiles and know exactly what i'm getting yeah and and they're the profiles i really enjoy following that yes you know if i want to go and listen to some mma content yeah i'm going straight to shout out to my boys the couch critics mma podcast out of show harbour yes brendan shaw with joe rogan yeah yeah yeah. or Mm -hmm. if i'm going to go get a bit of business advice i'm going to Glenn Hayworth's page, I'm going to Gary Vee's page or yeah. you know, or Mark Burrish. You know what you're getting when you're yeah. when you're going onto these pages. Yes. And I think that's an important thing that even I, as yeah. someone who's trying to build this and build mm. my business now and understand what my niche is and who my audience is, yeah. I was probably a little bit far and wide to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And it's you fine know? to do that because I think you have to do that because you've got to test, right? Like when you start, you've Great got point. to test. Um, I started out doing life coaching. <laughs> like I was doing some life coaching, I was doing some business coaching, I was doing, I didn't really find my niche in the coaching space for a while too. So I think you do have to test. You gotta go a bit yeah. broader to start with and that's fine. If you if you niche too early, you might miss uh, you might miss your niche. Like you might pick the wrong one, right? So go a bit broader to start with, I think that's fine. And then you start to find your groove, you start to find your strengths. Yeah. And you, when you really know your strengths, when you can really talk about something like in your space, for example, when you can talk about something and it's effortless and it's a real strong point for you and you stay in your lane, as Gary Vee says, that's when the that's where the power is. That's, yeah. your, that's your niche right there, you know? And so. I notice that too behind the mic. Like there's certain things that for me, yep. I'd like to think I've developed some skills as a host now where no yep. matter who I've got, I can control the conversation. Yes. But I was having this chat with my, with my mate Jared this morning is... Yep. Sometimes I can fool myself because I feel like I can talk for days, like I can yeah. shoot the ear off anyone. Yeah. I can fool myself into thinking something was a good conversation. Yes. Because I know I can take the reins when it needs to be taken. Yes. But mm-hmm. to sit here and listen to you, like, and I feel like we can flow easy because I'm genuinely interested in, okay, how do I build my business? I'm sitting yeah. here, I'm learning as we're speaking, something I'm interested in. Yes. And I completely agree with you. I think finding a niche is so important. Yes. Let's talk about this book because I think this is really important. Yep. I feel as someone, like I said just before, who's trying to build a business and build a platform himself. And I know I've got plenty of mates who are building businesses and interested in side hustles or becoming yep. entrepreneurs. Yep. It's kind of hard to find one place to go to that caters to all the needs, caters yeah. to, like you said, the framework Yes. as to how to be successful, what steps to take yep. and understanding almost what order to take them in. Okay. And I really like what you've done here because I feel like this is the, it's the handbook. It's the, yeah. you know, it's the Bible for business calls. It is. I know it's called retail domination, but really, you know, I think reading the book, if you, if you aren't in retail, if you're not in the physical product space, I think you'll still see a lot of benefit to it. But, um, cause I coach all sorts of business owners. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching now, not just retailers. I coach tradies. Um, I coach, coach people in the client service space, psychologists, you know, all type, all types of business owners. 
Um, the seven-step framework is like this, right? First of all, even before we get into that, I'm really big on just finding out your goals, like where yeah. you want to go. Ultimately, we have to start with what's your vision? What does success look like to you? Yep. So, And then go on long-term, like five to seven years is what I call long-term, right? Five to seven-year vision of ultimately what success looks like to you. Because if I don't know that, I'm not going to give you advice on your business because maybe, maybe your business, maybe you don't want to make more money. Maybe you just want to set it up in a way that provides more freedom for you, right? Ultimately. Yeah. So, so I need to find out your vision. So we start with your vision. Ultimately, where do you want to go? And this is, this is for business or this is for life too. Like if you, if I was coaching someone not even in a business who just wants to get their shit together, so to, so to speak, or wants to, you know, wants some direction, wants to get clear, I would start, well, start with, well, okay, where do you want to go? What does success look like to you? If you're not clear on that, don't even don't even worry about taking action yet like first let's get clear on on where you want to go or what does success look like to you and that can be difficult for someone to to connect with it at first if we're caught up in the day-to-day if we're if we're caught up in if we're in a stressed environment it's hard to get back to the heart and to that creative space so sometimes you need to take a day off you need to take a few hours off you need to take a breather and just sit with yourself and just really think and and get clear on where do you ultimately want to be yeah. So ultimately, it's starting with that. Then I like to chunk it down to a shorter time frame, because the vision is really about the why, like like where you want to go and why, and not about the how. What can stop us from setting a compelling vision is we get caught up in thinking about the how too early. We start yeah. thinking, well, how am I going to get there though? I, I really want to be here, but no, I, I can't get I can't get there in that period of time. Well. I don't care about the how yet. Don't even worry about that. Just anything is possible. What does success look like to you, right? And then when we chunk it down to a shorter time frame, we can work on the how we're going to get there because okay. then it's, like more, it's more manageable. It's a bite-sized chunk. I chunk yep. it down to, to 90-day goals, right? So we chunk that vision down to 12-month goals then to 90-day goals. And then we work out the actions that we need to take around those 90-day goals, right? Can I, can I interject there? Yeah, yeah. I really like that because I had a conversation just last week with someone about how quickly time seems to tick over at yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, sometimes with the blinkers on, I can get three months or 90 days yep. ahead and go, oh shit, how did I get here? Yes. What's happened? How much have I actually effectively achieved in that time? So I like how you've broken it down into those 90 day chunks because I think yeah. if it's a 12 month chunk, you can kind of get six months in and realize you haven't done any work to actually yes, get there. Exactly. There's no urgency, right? Yeah. But 90 days is enough urgency to, yeah. to think, okay, well, I've only got 90 days to get this done. We need to take action now. We, yeah. need, we can't muck around here, right? But, but those 90 days are going to lead to that long-term vision, right? So, so starting with the goals is important. Then what, what we look at doing is going into the seven different areas. And we don't have to tackle all these at once. Like my, my job as a coach isn't to overwhelm my clients, yep. it's just to figure out which areas need the most attention right now to get us towards that vision, right? So it starts with, okay, do you really understand your target market and do you have a compelling offer for your target market, right? So who is your target market and understanding their needs? Like who's your ideal customer, essentially? Like I'll give you an example. In our guitar business, our ideal customer is a guy called John. He's in his mid-60s. He's worked hard his whole life. He loves treating himself to nice guitars, loves good quality instruments, right? And yep. is in every week looking for that new instrument. That that to us is just like, that's just effortless for us to deal with John, right? He's He, he knows what he wants, right? He loves, he loves good quality guitars. And so we really understand John and we really understand his needs, right? And if we really understand his needs and his frustrations, what frustrates him, what's his pain points, then we can come up with a compelling offer for him, yeah. right? Then we can really speak to him with our messaging on social media, with our messaging on our website and with our offers that we have in the store. Like I know guys like John don't wanna just buy a nice guitar and not get looked after after they get the guitar. They don't wanna take it home and have it play terribly. They don't wanna take it home and have the neck move, which can happen on guitars and not have, you know, not be looked after with after sale service. So we have two free servicing, two free guitars, two free guitar services that we offer for every guitar sold especially like specifically for guys like John, because they want that after sales service. They want to come and know, know they're getting looked after yeah. afterwards. So we can craft our offer around our target market once you really understand who our customers are, right? So it's knowing that, then, it's, then step two is 
figuring out your online foundation. So it's important in 2021, that's where it's one, is online, right? So making sure that you've got a good social media presence. Do you have um, that, now we understand who your target market is, we can understand the messaging that you need to put out there on your socials to build an audience on your website. How's your website set up? Is it optimized for conversion? What's the goal of the website? Is it to build your email list? Is it to sell product? Yep. Is it to get inquiries? And is that and, and is that set up on your website? Is there trust signals and social proof on your website? You know those kind of fundamental things um, to to increase that conversion is is really important. So we look at the online foundation and see where we need work there. That social media is a, is quite a strong point for me. So you know I love diving into that, particularly Instagram. You know that's a um, that's a that's a no brainer for a lot of businesses to be on Instagram. And your brand is so visual, isn't it? Yeah, it's a visual thing, right? And and also people want to hear the guitars too. So Instagram's great for that. Um, then third is how you're going to generate leads, right? Now we've got the foundation set up. Now we understand who your market is. You've got the offers there. So how are we going to generate leads? Are there some paid marketing opportunities that out there for you at the moment in terms of you know Google ads, in terms of Facebook ads, and you know in terms of um, PR and 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 leveraging the the media. To, yeah. to bring in new customers. Then what does your sales process look like? I teach a five-step sales process. Starts, starts with building rapport with your, with your customer, um, identifying their needs, what they're looking for, matching what they're looking for with, with your product or service, demonstrating the value, and then asking how they like to proceed. It's quite a simple five-step sales process. Then building your community, an offline community, an online community around your brand, building your customer database, because that's where the real value is when you can build your audience, where you can build your customer database, not just on your social media, but actually like an email list, you know, a text yeah. list that you can, you know, nurture over time. Cash flow in the business is a really important one. I learned some hard lessons in that with, you know, growing and launching new stores and putting myself under a lot of pressure there. So I learned cash flow, particularly with physical products, as uh, it's really important to know what products give you the best return. Yeah. Like I could buy any type of guitar, right? But I want to focus on guitars that give either a really good margin or really good stock turns, like they yeah. turn fast, right? Ideally, we want both. Um, so it's really important to understand that in the physical product game as well. Uh, and then systems and procedures in the business, and really that's where the freedom is. So setting up the business in a way where we take those those things that you're doing which aren't priorities for you, things that you don't enjoy, things that, that aren't that aren't fulfilling like your top values, right? And we look at leveraging them to someone else, right? Yeah. And look at who on your team can handle that. Or if you're a solo operator, can we look at getting a VA? Can we look at getting some extra support for you in that space? Can we set up, you know, like make sure we're, we're you're scheduling your time effectively in the business, establishing leadership, you know, teams in the business and some key marketing assets in the business and procedures in the business, right? Yeah. That's really where freedom is when we can start to, like set systems and procedures in the business so that your customers and clients get a consistent result every time yeah. and so that your team can be trained in how to do that so it's not just you having to deliver that, right? I want to touch on something there. You spoke about cash flow and it's something that's been present in my mind, especially this past two months. So I left a, a relatively well-paying job with yep. great securities to do this full time. Yeah. Now, I jumped the gun maybe just a touch um, without really thinking too much into my cash flow and my security of cash flow. Yeah. And I kind of had a taste of some cash coming in through sponsorship and thought, yeah. okay, time to jump. Probably wasn't secure enough and I learned those lessons with yeah. some harder financial struggles at the beginning of this year. Yes. That I really had to double down, lock in and take complete ownership of myself. Yes. And I didn't want to... I'm blessed. I've got the best family in the world. Anyone listens to this pod, they know how much I adore my family. Yeah. Who are all like, we'll help you out, you know, to get through because we can see what your vision is and where you're headed. Awesome. But I was like, mm, but then that's like handing my, my garment to someone to go run my 20Ks for me tomorrow. Yeah. Just so it looks good or it looks healthy on Strava. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah, money yeah. in the bank account, how much does it actually do for my self-awareness and my ownership? Yes. That this is a problem I need to solve and only I can solve. Yes. So I, I guess, respectfully mm. neglected that help and turned it away because I had to lock down and, and go into my zone myself. And yeah. one thing I've started to learn more about is the importance of that cash flow. And whilst cash and money isn't my North Star anymore, it's not what drives me, it's not what I'm working towards. Yeah. It definitely affords you 
certain freedoms that I think are necessary and, yeah. and quite healthy in life, but it also affords you the opportunity to grow as a business. It does, man. 100%. Because I feel like I sit there and I absorb all this information. You know, I can read everything that you have to say on marketing and growing a social audience, but yeah. if you don't have money to yeah. push and build that audience and, and yeah. spend on those ads, yes. there is a limited growth yeah. that can happen. That's right. So how important is... And, and what I'm getting at here is how important is spend in marketing as opposed to just organic? Yeah, look, I think a lot of that too comes back to your niche and to your target market and, and starting with, okay, look, you're passionate about this and when you find your niche, it is important to find what you're passionate about and follow your strengths, but it's also important to balance that out with, okay, is there a need for this in the market? What's mm. the need for this in the market? Like, if like... I had the opportunity to go into life coaching, right? Yeah. Or business coaching. I'm, I, I'm confident in either, right? Like, but there's more of a need in the market for business coaching right now. Yeah. And that wasn't the sole driver for it, but that's something to consider. Like, yeah, what's the, where's the need in the market? So yes, follow your passions and what you're passionate about in business and where your strengths are, but also equate it to, to where's the need for it in the market. Can you actually make money from this? Because as you said, yep, you, that's the lifeblood of any business is the cash flow, right? So, um, so when you talked about it, the paid marketing, yeah, I don't usually when I sit down with my clients one on one, the first thing I do is not even enter that paid marketing conversation. We look at first of all, are you are you optimizing your business right now with the current customers that you have? Yeah, because that's where the low hanging fruit often is. Okay. I didn't talk about like in, the, in the seven steps yet, but it's actually even before I dive into that, we look at optimizing your business in terms of your current customer base, in terms of the prices that you charge, and if there's areas where you can add more value and then charge more for that product or service, yep. like bulk deals or you know add more value to, to the service that you offer. Looking at the customer um, journey and the frequency of how often your customers and clients are coming to see you yep. and, how, and, and what the average is on that and if there's an opportunity to increase that. Like, you know, a customer comes, you know, into your store, for example, four times a year. How do we get them coming in five times a year? You know, like, mm. how do we increase that? Or a client sees you every so often. How do we increase that? Yeah. Right. And then how do we look at getting referrals too? you know, from your from your customer base? So I really before we even enter the paid marketing conversation, I really look at making sure we're, we're organically doing the best we can with that business first of all, because that's where a lot of the time the low hanging fruit is. And a lot of the time we, we kind of neglect that space. We think, we think I need to get more customers. You get comfortable with what you've got. Yeah, exactly. And we think, we think I need to get more customers in, more leads in, more where, whereas like if you just focused on the customers you already have and yeah. worked on providing more value, increasing the frequency they're coming to see you, increasing referrals, those three things multiply you know, yeah. together and and the results can be astronomical. It's funny because that's something that was a really present conversation in my last year of real estate because in my last year of real estate, it was the market was changing slightly just before it's now gone gangbusters again. And yeah. my bosses who had been in it for you know, 20 years, 30, 40 years were really, they were great mentors to me in the real estate space and I learned a lot from those guys. And yeah. I would sit down with them and we'd talk about you know, I was the kind, I'm a very energetic, outgoing character. So for me, it wasn't a huge difficulty to engage with new people and, yep. and to win business. Mm. But they constantly reminded me about the importance of in a tougher market where listings don't fly off the shelf as fast. Yes. You've really got to appreciate the clients that you have and nurture them too. Yeah. Because it's easy to go, well, I've already got that listing yeah. and I'll go and search for the next one. But if you yes. don't service that piece of business and that client, yeah. that customer, mm -hmm then all of a sudden they fall off and you've got one less and yep. you're searching for a few more that maybe you haven't found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I really like that. There's, there's something I want to ask you and one of the things that I feel is probably a major question mm -hmm. and a major, I guess, pain point for a lot of people who are sitting there with hopes to begin a business, they haven't started yet, they haven't taken that step, yep. is we know through COVID, I think everyone learned that the secure job they had maybe isn't as secure as they thought, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it inspired moves to create yeah. their own security and build their own world. Yes. But for a lot of people, there may be a passion for business yeah. or a passion to, to test that entrepreneurial yeah. intrigue. Yep. And they just don't know where to start. And you sort of spoke before about finding passions, but 
do you have some advice for the aspiring entrepreneur or business owner who mm. doesn't really know what that should look like? You spoke about finding something that is has a bit of market demand yes. and there's opportunity for. How do you think, a, or what are some good steps about going about finding that? Yeah, okay. So what I would say is a lot of the time when I've worked with people who are starting out, sometimes, sometimes they want to go so big so early and you know one of my clients was started started out you know wanted to start a e-commerce business and wanted to go straight to the to, to the US market and and this is this is before this is before even talking to you know his own network here you know his own his own contacts his own network where the best opportunity is right here so i would say i would say yes okay so find something that you you know that you got the passion for that you enjoy do some market research. Do some research on it. Find out is there a need for it in the market? Like, what's the opportunity? What's the what's the what's the return that you can potentially look at in this space? And then test it out. I would start to test it with the low hanging fruit, which is your immediate network. You know, I had a session with a client yesterday who's launching a pretty pretty amazing event, and uh, and the dude's got three thousand Facebook friends. I'm like, do all of your Facebook friends know about this? Because yeah. Because that's that's the kind of target market that we're looking at here is is like his network, right? His contacts. Like, don't go out there and start big big fancy marketing campaigns before you've exhausted all your resources with your current network. Yeah. Like, start there. Start where start where people know you. There's already trust. There's already that rapport there. Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to build that trust and then like it's a it's a long game that way. Whereas like there's an opportunity a lot of the time right within your own network. Um, you know, I started doing business coaching in Kiama. And a lot of people I talked yeah, to I were just like, I don't think there's ever been a business coach in Kayama. <laughs> like, they were like, are you sure Kayama is the right spot for you to, I'm like, well, that's where I live. That's my community. That's where I'm getting people like I'm doing things for Kayama Council, Kayama Tourism, South Coast Experiences, um, and a lot of local business owners too. Yeah. And I, yeah, I coach people internationally as well. Like, I'm, I'm not just yeah. limiting myself to that space. But for me, that was the no brainer way forward because that's where my community is mm. that's like like i love wollongong as well but kaima is where i'm born and raised i went to school there my wife's from there like yeah I like that. that's where our network is so that for me was just a no-brainer so you so sometimes we start too big too early and we think we think i'm going for that vision right now well let's let's walk it out okay like let's start with where the low where the best opportunity is for you right now to get some wins right now and f- and that's an example of I guess me just leaning on that network that I already had to 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 get this thing going, you know. So. Have you heard of a guy named Teague Egan? Mm. He is the founder of a company called Energy X. Right. So they he found a way to extract greater percentages of lithium. Yep. From old batteries. Mm-hmm. And because I think I'll probably butcher the science of this, but. Yeah. When they put that through, like the old stuff through a filter, yeah. I think they were only able to extract something like 10 to 30% of the lithium. Yes. And a lot of it got lost in that extraction process. Uh-huh. He found a way to do something like 70 or 90%. Yeah, wow. By the guy's not a scientist or an engineer of any sort. He's yeah. just a, <clears throat> a businessman, as we yes. said before, <laughs> um, who connected with the right scientists and engineers to do that. Yeah. So he created a company that basically... They, a lot of, they get a lot of their lithium from Australia yeah, yeah. and they sell it to companies like Tesla for wow. their batteries. Wow. And I heard him on a podcast and he was speaking about entrepreneurs because he's he's, I think he's in his 30s. So he's a yeah. relatively young guy to have such a large scale yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. And he spoke about what he thinks is opportunities for people to create businesses in the modern world. And he spoke about finding a little exercise. He said, write down five things you're passionate about mm. and five industries that you see future success in. And yep. I really like that as an mm. exercise because yeah. mm. it, it touches on what you spoke about their market de- demand and needs, yes. yeah. um, what are necessities in the modern world, yes. but also finding the things that, you know, you're happy to do the 16 hour grind every yes. day on, or you're happy to, you know, work that Sunday. I had a podcast in here yeah. last Saturday on Sunday. I was like, you know, I've got nothing planned today. I'm going to go in the studio and pump out some work because I yes. love this. Yes. Totally. And that makes it really easy. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Like if I went, if I wanted to get into business coaching, cause I thought, you know, I'm just going to do it for the money. I would have quit. I would have quit right at the start. Like I'm passionate about this. 
yeah. love talking to people about business. I love breaking, helping them break through those mental barriers and showing them what's possible and working on a plan with them and getting them inspired and jazzed to, you know, to get up early and stay up late in their own business. Like, I love that. Like I would do, I would do it for free, yeah. you know, like, so, so yeah, it's really important to find something that you're passionate about. You're not just chasing, chasing the money. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really good point is yeah, finding, finding where the opportunity is and also, also where your passion is. Um, that's a that's a really big one for sure. Definitely, you know, we haven't really touched on it, but obviously a passion for you if you can string thirty guitars in an hour or more than thirty guitars in an hour, tune them. Yeah. You can play the ukulele for twenty five. <laughs> you obviously got a passion for music too. Like, where did yeah. that spawn from? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I was always in the school choir in primary school, and I, I guess I, I guess I, all, I always kind of liked music. Uh, always been moved by music, you know. Always. Yeah. Who's always... it go to? Like you're in the car on the way here. Oh man, you know, like I was li- like so in my teens, I was listening to a lot of Hendrix, a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan, a lot of that bluesy sort of stuff because I was learning guitar from my yeah. original guitar teacher, Simon Dyer, out at Jamboree. Shout out to 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 the OG. Uh, he's an amazing guitarist, amazing teacher who taught me a lot of those type of like ACDC solos, and so that was the stuff I was listening to then, but. I guess I kind of got into, from there I really got into singing and and started listening to more like acoustic kind of singer-songwriter stuff mm. and really enjoyed singing because I, I was playing in my band at the time, you know, I was playing like pop punk music, but I really loved singing, I really loved writing, I really loved writing catchy melodies and moving people that yeah. way. And then, you know, I love Motown music, man. Like, I love, I, I love that soulful kind of, like... How, does, like, how good is music, though, that it can evoke so many emotions? Yes, absolutely. And, dude, I'm a sucker for pop music. Like, I'll probably cop a lot of flack for this from the guitarist community, but, man, I love pop music. I love, I love like, listening to that, um, you know, I don't even know who the girl is, but that Driver's License song, man. Like, that's just... That's yeah. the poppiest song. That's it's a like it's like a it's like a it's like a fourteen year old girl song, but it it's moving and like I yeah. love listening to that. I love listening to hip hop stuff. I love I love all types. Um, I'm so I'm so similar to that. Like yeah. I feel like as someone who's not very musically gifted, I'll say the one thing that I wish if I could pick any talent in the world to have, it'd be singing. Yes. Because I just feel like if you're a singer, you can captivate yeah. a room. It is so yeah. easily. Like is. you can demand the attention of a room. You can draw people in. Yeah. You can inspire happiness you can yes. inspire thought yes i tell you what good lord god if i could sing i'd be sending voice records to margot robbie's dms 24 <laughs> 7 um, i just feel like it's such a good skill to have it is man it is and that was a passion of mine to really learn singing so i went and did singing lessons for a long period of time i practiced in my car like doing vocal exercises and and i wouldn't call myself an amazing singer but it was it was a skill that i learned to, to be able to play in my band to be able to you know tour tour and to be able to to do that and you know i've done quite a few performances at you know weddings and things like that where you know it's just the acoustic guitar and i don't do a lot of that these days but that was also what i used to do at high schools is going into schools and kind of building a connection with students uh when i would do resilience talks is bring the guitar and sing some songs you know so um it is it can be a great way to connect with people but that's also an area where you know what? It's important, I think, too, to understand who your target market is or, or who your niche is, because you could be you could be in a room with people and start playing some stuff where you love the song, where you love how it sounds, but that's not the that's not what the the room wants to hear, too. So it's understanding, yeah. you know, like I love like if I was in that environment, I'd be finding out what's their what's their jam, what's their what type of music do they like, and maybe getting a few ideas, and then and then you can really get the room going, then you can really yeah. hit, you know, like build that that great vibe in the room when you're playing the tunes that they love well it's like you know i was sitting there last night and i was telling you off air before my uncle tezel come by yeah and we're sitting there with me and my dad and his partner and they had tom jones on yes the telly and i can appreciate it so it wouldn't be my go-to yeah but i kind of enjoy listening to a bit of everything yeah yeah but it's definitely not my era it's definitely not what my go-to would be where yeah, the minute yeah. if I threw someone like Drake on or, you know, yeah, yeah. dad's like, what's this shit? <laughs> yeah. And I'm that's like, I, I reckon the older generation is so much more stubborn with yes. music. Yeah. They kind of really live for what they grow up on. Yes. Well, I feel like my generation is quite, yeah. quite liquid with their, their choice of music. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good point, man. I, I don't know. I think it's very individual, very personal. Some people are really open and just appreciate music in general. Some people are very rigid and just, mm. no, I only like my style. You know, I think it's uh, it's important if you are 
you know performing that you do you do understand who you who you're playing for like if Have i was an audience yeah exactly like before i would play at a, a wedding like i didn't do it like you know i wasn't doing weddings religiously but i was like you know every now and then i get a friend or someone asked me to do a wedding so i'd find out what's their top 10 like mm. what's your what's your bangers that you and your friends love listening to the most and make sure i work to include them because you want yeah. people getting right into your stuff like no matter where you are if you've got an acoustic guitar you're gonna hear play wonderwall <laughs> yeah well that's it and that's i guess where like for me i like new challenges and growth and variety and that's where i guess i don't do a lot of that performing now with music yeah. because um i enjoy it as like a bit of fun i've got a three-year-old boy who who you know i play a bit of music for here and there and maybe i'll do a friend's wedding here and there for yeah but but it's not something like i guess i've I've, I've done a lot of time with the band and that was awesome for what it was when I was in my 20s touring in the band playing original music um, but I guess I've, I've focused more on now uh, the business aspect you know and it's, yeah. more of a, it's more of just a fun thing I kind of do you know for me and my family I feel like it's it's funny what you said there like you look for those challenges I was speaking about that with Emma from Lee and me here this yep. morning well, mm-hmm. Just as I was getting our coffees made downstairs by the king himself, Jonah Sullivan. Shout out, Jonah. Shout out. Yeah, it was a nice coffee. Thank you. um, The man. Yes. And Emma and I were chatting and I was saying, she was just saying to me like how it's so cool that I get to do this for a living and I was saying how blessed I feel to do this. Yeah. But I was saying I'm looking now for like, I'm so comfortable behind the mic and in front of a camera in my studio in the HQ where it just for me now, like it's, I don't have to think about, oh, Glenn Hayworth's coming in today. Yeah pump yourself up or yeah, get yeah, ready yeah. or this there's this huge shot of adrenaline or fear or yes. like I don't yeah. have to confront that so I'm really looking now for those opportunities where yeah. one of my goals for 2021 yeah. was to stand on a stage five times and I don't know what that stage looks like yeah. or where mm-hmm. it is yep, yep. whether it's in a school whether it's in a business or whatnot yeah. and share my story in front of a group of people it's something yeah. I've been comfortable doing in the past there's yes. you know, time auctioneer a few competitions there yeah but it's something I want to challenge myself a little bit more to yeah. face those fears and that little mm-hmm. bit of adrenaline that gets built up in the body when you're about to walk in front of a live yeah. audience and be vulnerable about your story. Yes. Well, that's what I was excited about coming coming here to talk about is because this is a great change up in my day where you know I do a lot of one-on-one sessions and I'm meeting with my, my, my key Hayworth guys and that sort of thing. And this is a good change up for me to get me, you know, connecting again to my story and, and, and the challenges and that sort of thing. But I think for your stuff, man, I think it's a no-brainer for you to go into schools and do and do more school talks. Yeah, um, and it's something I'm passionate about is, you know, my... I don't know if you see much about it, the listeners know. I, yeah. If you don't know by now, you've, been, you've just been <laughs> living under a rock that I ran a marathon last year for Cystic Fibrosis Australia. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I was born with Cystic Fibrosis. I've been incredibly blessed that my parents put in many many hours of hard work as a child that I had the strength of my sister yeah as like a best friend beside me that I had very good health with cystic fibrosis so yes. I watched the world around me yes sick in hospital unwell unable yes. to do yep. half of what I was and yeah. it was because my parents built that foundation for me but mm. I had to take those reins eventually yeah and go on with life and continue to be healthy and be well and I had some challenges in the last few years yes which sort of led up to a bleed in the lungs in July last year yeah wow. and that inspired me to go well can I go from a hospital bed in July to a marathon finish line in December wow. we created our event we raised 56,000 for the foundation last year amazing we're hoping to raise a hundred thousand in October this year yes and for me what I'm getting at is just like that journey. I don't even know what I'm getting at I'm kind of forgetting I, I just got well we're talking about schools man schools, like, yeah. like that and story it's about inspiring kids yeah like there's a there's surely a kid in a hospital bed right now yeah that maybe isn't as blessed as I was to have parents who are so switched on about it yes who are so proactive about it yes or maybe who's just had a few regardless of how amazing his parents or her parents are yeah have just not struck luck yes as often as I did with mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis yeah and sitting there a little bit deflated thinking what can I achieve yeah and so- I tell you now the best feeling in the world is having we done a win news story locally last year yep my good mate James Wilson reporter at win news yeah done a story with me and they posted it on their Facebook and I had 
I had a, a bunch of amazing, like really supportive, beautiful comments. But there was yes. this one lady in particular who stuck out to me. Yeah. And she said, I've got two kids with cystic fibrosis. They're mm-hmm. five and seven or seven and nine, something, yes. you know, young kids. Yeah. And she said, now I feel like I can plan for the future. Beautiful. And I was like, for me, that's it. Yeah, man. Like if I can in some way, shape or form. Yep be that vehicle of positivity for someone or that message yes. that inspires someone to know that their life's more than yes. the confines of a hospital room, Yes. then that's what this is about. Yeah. So that's why I want to be in schools because kids are so impressionable. Well, that's a no-brainer for you, I think, to do that. And I'll tell you, I guess, uh, how I feel like where the opportunity is there. Just, sorry, I can't help but, but think about it. this being the coach, I guess. Um, so one thing, one thing that... I've worked on hard is is building a framework and a formula, right? So I want to know like, what was the what was the steps that you took to get yourself from A to B, like from yeah. from from that experience to that major challenge mm. to where you are now? And when I used to speak a lot in schools, and I still still speak, you know, sometimes in schools. I've done Kaima High a couple of times this year, where oh sorry, late last year, where like um, telling the story. Telling the challenge, and I would I would tell my challenges with anxiety and how I saw the counselor, and the, you know then learned about setting goals, and then I would talk about the lessons from that and the framework from that. So you know, so your your framework I think would be ideal for schools and telling the story because the story is where you where we get the connection where kids will be listening to that challenge that you faced, and you know if you go deep into the into the feelings and the emotions that you're going through in that state that connection is just going to be yeah. unreal because they'll, they may not have cystic fibrosis, but they'll be going through their own battles. You know, every, every, everyone faces their own, their own demons, Everyone's their own challenges, own demons, right? Yeah. But what were your lessons to getting from A to, from, to B, you know? Like, what was, the, what was the, the decisions that you had to make and what was the actions that you had to take to get you from yeah. there? And I think that, that kind of framework formula going into schools would just be so powerful. So I, I appreciate that and yeah. it's something I'm super passionate about and I guess my slogan through last year through 2020 was purpose feels progress. Yes. And I had the best year of my life and it's because my purpose was so clear. Yes. And so yeah, it's just something I'm really passionate about and so excited for yeah. this year and the years beyond. I think life is just a great blessing. So Yeah, man. If you've got, you know, and I feel blessed to have CF. I say it all the time and people go, "What do you mean? Yes. Like surely yeah. you don't like having CF, but yes. maybe who I am." Like yeah, totally. the challenge of that has for me taught me more about life. Yeah. Than, than I believe that age or experience ever could because mm. that brush with immortality, that understanding that yeah. all of the glitz and the glam and the, you know, what someone down the street thinks of me or what yes. the listener on the other end of the podcast thinks, of course I want them to, yeah. to love what I do and be inspired by my journey. But if your intent's good, your nature's good and your purpose is strong, mm. then you just got to go about your life and do your business. That's it. And I think we, I think it's a great lesson, man, to, to see that you're grateful to go through that major challenge in your life, to not want to change your life, to just say, no, this is me, this may be who I am. That's a really powerful message because I think that a lot of the time, particularly young people think, you know, I wish I had someone else's life. I wish I had that person's life who was the celebrity or the who Kim Kardashian. Right? The like, the- I wish I had that, right? But, but there's, 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 um, people have their own strengths and everyone has their own individual strengths and yeah. their own individual individual purpose and gift to get, to bring to the world. So it's about embracing that. It's about embracing that, that different story that you have, that they have, right? Embracing that because that's their own unique gift. Like the, the, the difference that separates them from everyone else is often seen as kind of a, a bad thing when you, you know, want to get expe- yeah. you know, the expectations of your peers and trying to fit in in that environment. But that's actually your biggest strength. Like your own story, your own challenge, your own struggle, your own, you know, that's your own, that's your own strength, right? Like, yeah. and that's your gift that you can, that you can bring to the world, right? That's something that no one else has. So your story that you have is your, is your own gift that you can bring to the world, right? And, and I love that you, uh, you know, that's why I was excited to come here and, and to talk to you because I know that you're all about that gratitude and, and all about that, that perspective. And it's, it's awesome, man. I think that's a... That's why you need to be telling this story and that's why you need to be getting out there to more people. And, and I think schools is a great avenue as well as like telling your story. So many people are going to keep resonating with that and, and inspire them on their journey to embrace their own story and their own challenges, their own struggles and paint a compelling future for them. So 
Awesome, man. Mr. Glenn Hayworth, your story definitely inspires me and it's a privilege to have you here on the experience. It's a privilege to hear it, to share it with the listeners, the viewers, everyone at home that I believe will get a lot of takeaways out of this as I have. There's so many things that I've learned today and yeah, go get the book. <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure people can connect with you. Yes. Um, so where's the best places to do that? Probably so, just just jump on my Instagram. It's Glenn Hayworth H A W O R T H. I know it sounds like there's a Y in there, but there's not. Glenn with two N's Hayworth underscore Coach. Find me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Love to hear from you if you want to connect, have a chat, um, and or if you're just interested in what you heard today and you want to follow some more of my stuff, what I talk about and the. The, the business marketing mindset tips that I have, um, follow my stuff. The book? Yeah, and Amazon. the book, Amazon. Amazon, if you're in Australia listening, amazon.com.au. If you're in the US, just amazon.com, look up retail domination, and yeah, grab yourself a copy, um, or reach out to me and, and my team and I can uh, can get a copy to you. So yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Really Thank appreciate absolute it. Absolute pr- pleasure. One of the massive takeaways there is embrace your gift and don't be afraid to share it with the world to all of the listeners the viewers thank you so much for always tuning in don't forget hit that subscribe we love it when you subscribe we love it when you leave those five star ratings reviews on Apple Podcast app you'd see that there's going to be some merch dropping soon I'm pumped I'm excited to share the word of the experience and you know what like you can't drop merch and put yourself on the high horse you've got to take the piss out of yourself so you'd see that that first drop is the mum's the word drop that's right it's what my mum thinks of me, it's that quotation marks, great podcast, handsome host. Um, and that's what we're all about. We're all <laughs> yeah. about spreading that positivity, bit of love and just getting the experience out there. Like Glenn said, with the power of story, if you can share it with the world, some great things can happen. So thank you so much for tuning in and viewing, listening as always. And take what you learned today and apply it to your life. That's what it's all about. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.